So if you've been following me on Twitter at Dexter underscore Johnson, you will know that I have been speaking out about the transgressions and the extreme amount of racism and simply the lack of empathy from so many of our politicians in leadership. You will know that I've been speaking out, speaking out, speaking out. However, I haven't done that here. So today, I'm going to talk about being black. I'm going to talk about being an African-American. I'm going to talk about being a minority male in 2020. So first and foremost, a few disclaimers. Number one, if you're not part of the African-American community or a minority community, you don't get to decide how upset those communities should be. You don't get to make the rules. And number two, even after this podcast where I'm going to give examples and my life experience on this matter, you still will never know. You still will never truly know and understand what it means to be an African-American. So with that being said, let's talk about early age. I'm in my 30s right now, but let's talk about, let's rewind the clock. Let's go back in time for a little bit. And let's talk about growing up, four, five, six, you know, when you first really start to get your first taste of society in some type of way, because, you know, your first few years, you're pretty much at home. You might go to daycare. But needless to say, your worldview is tiny. (laughs) If that makes any sense, it's very tiny. You have no idea how massive the world is. Heck, you don't even have any idea how big or small your town is because your world is your house and your toys. But at an early age, we're taught that we're looked at differently. And when I'm saying we, I'm talking about African-Americans. We're taught that, hey, we can't do certain things or we can't say certain things or we can't walk along certain lines because we don't want to be acting out. We don't want to be that black guy or we don't want to be on on the other side. You don't want to be that angry black woman. You don't want to be that stereotypical black male. You don't want to be those things. And from an early age, you're almost taught to kind of censor yourself and monitor yourself and say, oh, well, I can't say this or I can't dress like this because, you know, that's not how the majority wants me to dress. But, you know, that moves on to my second point. We're different. We are different. Now, you can say, Dexter, everyone's the same. Humans are the same. True. Humans have the same basic characteristics. But, for example, I'm going to compare us to birds. You have cardinals. You have orioles. You have blue jays. They're all birds. They all fly. They pretty much eat the same things, but they have different characteristics. First off, starting with their looks. Their diets might differ might differ just a little bit. Their fly patterns differ a little bit. 
So while they all fall underneath that same bird umbrella, they're still a little bit different. And one of the things that happens in America is that African-Americans get put down for for their differences. It's like American culture loves those differences on one hand, but it punishes us on the other. It loves those differences that it gets from hip hop and certain forms of clothing and certain things that are said that become memes. Oh, it loves America loves its hip hop. It loves its clothing style. It loves its sayings that it picks up. But when the time is convenient, it only loves it when the time is convenient. And that's very frustrating because you almost see people stealing a style or stealing a trait or stealing an idea while that same idea, style or saying would be quote unquote ghetto coming from my mouth. Then you get to the fact of police interactions. Growing up, I didn't grow up in a good part of town. And a lot of African Americans might have this story. But let let me tell you this story. My house, after I moved out of it from college and everything, it kind of went through a bad a bad few years and it was boarded up for a while. And you know, people are so surprised when I tell them that I grew up in a rough part of town. People, they're just shocked. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Believe it. But the thing is, is that is why are you shocked? Do you believe that everyone that comes from one side of town must be bad? They must be a criminal. No! That's, oh my gosh. But that's the way that some people think. This inherent bias, this inherent racism has been going throughout our culture since the beginning. Since the beginning, centuries, since Europeans came to Africa, got slaves, took them without their wanting, took them to America, and right, forced them to essentially build this America. just not right it's just not right and you know you get a lot of people that say they don't see color they don't see color but as soon as a black person cuts them off in traffic oh they're an n-word now all right but you don't see color hmm yeah a likely story or how about you know Like I said, police rolling through your neighborhood, just seemingly wanting to find someone to interrogate, wanting to find someone that's doing something wrong. But then when you call them, they take their sweet time getting to your residence. 
What about, you know, being in a fraternity? Being in a fraternity. And most fraternities host parties, right? Right. What about hosting those parties and having the police at those parties? Because you're supposed to. But they're acting like thugs. They're the ones that are acting a little quote unquote extra at these parties. While you see those same parties across the aisle happening from other fraternities, there's loud music, there's drunk people left and right, but nothing happens. What about getting those little weird looks? And you might not understand what those weird looks are. But, you know, someone clenching their purse when you walk past them or someone locking their car doors and making sure that they have the audible beep of the horn. Even when your car is newer than theirs. What about going to a grocery store? You know, Sunday is grocery shopping day in my household. And you getting looked up and down because you're in a certain part of town like you don't belong. These are just a portion of what I've had to deal with. And I guarantee you, if something as minute as the color of my skin was different, I wouldn't have had to go through those things. But here is the thing. No one gets to choose. No one chooses it. No one chooses if they're white, black, purple, or brown. Heck, with the way this world is, everybody will be born a white male. And then, lastly, when you have leadership that simply refuses to address the problem. When they almost stoke the fire by their inaction, it's inherently disappointing. It's disappointing and it is sad. And when I see, when I turn on my TV, when I scroll and flip through my timeline, I have to be reminded about all the things that I've went through and all the things that other African-Americans, other black people go through by the BS that's in the news. You can say what you want. When we're talking about George Floyd, this man did not deserve to die. And even if he was resisting arrest, which he was not, he still did not deserve to die. How many times do we see or hear the police wanting to bring someone in safely? But this man who just went into a grocery store, had the police called on him, which was the protocol of the store. But him essentially begging, not essentially begging and pleading for his life. He gets that taken away from him. By some jerk police officer who obviously was negligent, who obviously did not give a damn about his life. 
And it's not this instance that has people riled up. It was the instance before that and the one before that and the countless others that are undocumented and swept under the rug because police officers deserve immunity. When there are known inherent problems. The system, as they like to say, quote unquote, you can put quotes around it. The system was not designed for minorities. Do you know why I know this? Do you know how I know this? Look at today. Then once again, let's hop in the time machine and go back. Because when the damn system was designed, black people weren't people. We were property. Think about it. Just think about it. Why would you build in things into the Constitution? Why would you build items in to law for property? We were just like cattle. That is why this this country was essentially founded on racism and racist ideas, racist principles. And now you have people at the top that are unwilling to change. Because they're so terrified of anyone who doesn't look like them. Racism is unacceptable. And if you happen to be a racist that's listening to this podcast, please unsubscribe. Please unsubscribe. Unfollow me on Twitter. I didn't need you anyway. And you can be upset. Or you can realize That this is the reality. And that America needs to do better. Support organizations that are out there. ACLU and others to name a few. Support some that are out there and realize. That if you're not willing to speak against it. Then you are also a small amount part of the problem. I've had several people even at work ask me, hey, what can I do? And heck, there are several others that have not even addressed a thing. And that is very disappointing. So, guys, being black in America in 2020, you would think we've come a long way. And I think Obama being elected, I think. They were like, hey, we've got a brown person in office. We're we've really come such a long way. But oh, what a difference eight years makes. We are nowhere near where we thought we were and we're nowhere near where we need to be. Racism has to die and we all have to be vigilant about its death.